So this morning's instruction uh, is on mindfulness of the body, uh, which um, mindfulness uh, is an embodied practice. And it's paying attention to the body from the inside out. So it's feeling, feeling the body, feeling the sensations of the body. Every moment that we're mindful, we're not worry, worrying or stressing. If we're mindful, um, if we're if we're mindful of worry, for instance, uh, it's a moment of mindfulness. It's actually not a moment of worry, even though the next moment you might drop right back into worry. But every moment that we're mindful um, allows the body to relax, to have ease. Um, it's important uh, when there's uh, when the body is. Uh, has discomforts or pain or uh, warmth or things, unpleasant sensations, to really notice the difference between the experience of the body and how we feel about it. Uh, how we, uh, if we have resistance to it, if we have commentary about it, and that there, it's really helpful to disentangle those two things. Uh, sometimes I've spent uh, quite a bit of time uh, in a sitting, you know, with uh, uh, ha- having knee pain, for instance, you know, and just thinking, when is it going to be over? I wish they'd ring the bell already. I, you've probably all experienced a little bit of that. And, um, and absolutely thinking that I'm being mindful of my pain. And really what was happening, um, what was really happening, I was resisting the pain. I was uh, in a lot of aversion. Uh, impatience, all sorts of, you know, juicy things came up. And I missed them all because I just, you know, I was so in such strong resistance and, and not even aware that that's what was happening. I was so focused and like, isn't it time yet? Are we there, Mommy? <laughs> Same type of feeling. Um, so, you know, really stay alert for those voices that say, you know, you get a strong sensation and that shouldn't be there. I did my yoga. Why is that hurting? You know, um, so you know, be aware of those um, uh, the impatience that arises when we don't like what we experience. And so, even though you know we've been like yesterday, we spent the day you know trying to mostly focus on the breath. Um, you know, mindfulness. We don't lock the attention on the breath. We open it up to everything that arises. Uh, the whole complex part of our humanity we open to. And um, <coughs> for instance, um, if the dog starts barking, um, I've often been a really um, um, very, you know, really wonderful, very peaceful state. And, and then uh, I remember actually here, um, you know, it, uh, there's some dogs nearby, you know, where I think like it felt like a whole pack of them would just start barking and barking. I don't know if they're still doing that, but, um, and just feeling, oh, it ruined my concentration, you know. And, uh, and instead of, you know, just allowing, okay, that's changed now, open to this, you know, I contracted against, you know, with it. And uh, so really be aware of that, you know, whatever arises, you know, yes, that belongs. Like Gil said, yep, three o'clock, it's time for that, you know, so. Um, 
so as we open our, our uh, attention to include body sensations uh, that we experience, um, sometimes the input around it can get really confusing. So if it's confusing, it's okay to go back to the breath for a while and then wait till you're a little more settled. If it arises again, give it attention. Uh, but if you can give it attention, even note confusion, if, if it's confusing, that's okay too. So either way, it's, it's, it, there isn't a right, wrong way of doing it. Just keep opening to the experience. Um, <clears throat> the perception of pain is really interesting. Um, it's uh, how we perceive pain is really dependent on how we relate to it. Uh, for instance, um, uh, I knew someone who was like a, a really um, energetic weightlifter. He did really huge amounts of weight. And, uh, and you could see the pain in his face as he lifted these massive weights, you know. And he'd be grimacing and, and you know, and, and really intense, you know, built these huge muscles. And, and, um, and he'd go to the doctor to have his blood drawn. And um, he would just, you know, turn white, you know, with fear of the pain. And, um, and you know, that momentary prick. You know, a very momentary little prick. You know, I think some of you can relate to that. But um, uh, so the ability to control our pain uh, can affect um, how we relate to it. And so, um, you know, with the weights, he could stop any moment. So, so he felt in control. But when somebody else is taking your blood, you know, they have the control. Uh, so that's part of it. But but a lot of it is our associations with pain. Um, and at different times, pain feels different ways. You know, I've done, um, uh, you know, gone jogging where it felt really good to really push myself, and other times uh, it wasn't fun at all. You know, so uh, a lot of it depends on uh, just other mental factors. Um, one of the really classic um, metaphors that, that we often use regarding um, not just pain and, and uh, unpleasant things, but all, um, um, all afflictive um, emotions and thoughts and things we don't like. Uh, and that's the metaphor of the second arrow. Um, the Buddha was asked uh, once, once as a student, um, if a person is stuck by an arrow, does it hurt? The student said, of course it hurts, yes. And if he's stuck by a second arrow, you know, does that hurt? You know, does it hurt more? You know, yes, you know, that hurts more. And he said, you know, in life we, you know, something like this, you know, in life um, we can't control that first arrow. Um, things happen. But the second arrow, which is a reaction to the first, is totally optional. And so that's what we're looking at in this practice, is can we let go of the optional? So how much of what we add to our experience is unnecessary? When we stay with the body, it's very simple. Our experience is very simple. Um, and we can, when we can, drop the optional. Um, 
one of the um, you know one of the examples that I that I um, I use from my own experience you know is uh, you know, I sprained my ankle when I was running and um, and you know th it hurt just a little bit you know that was the first arrow uh, but the amount of suffering I gave myself for being a klutz was tremendous um, you know it was just um, you know, I'm so, you know, and, and not just for being a klutz, but it's going to ruin my whole next month, etc. You know, so, um, you know, that's optional. All of that is optional. You know, we have to adapt to the changes of the sprained ankle or whatever it is, uh, but we don't have to add all that suffering. Um, one of the... Um, things that was really helpful to me and you know I was working with chronic pain and was this a little formula from Shinzen Yang that he said um, uh, pain times resistance equals suffering it's a very sweet short phrase but it really you know it's very poignant um, one of the other things that can be really helpful with either strong discomfort or pain or even strong um, I've even had strong uh, pleasurable uh, sensations uh, feel like I couldn't uh, like they were a bit overwhelming and um, so noting can be really helpful in those situations when uh, something's a little bit hard to be with um, again Shinzen I like to you know uh, quote him with this you know he, he referred to it as divide and conquer so instead of seeing, like, you know, let's say knee pain, okay, instead of seeing this, this big thing in the knee, uh, you really look at the many different sensations that are made up of. In fact, they change. You know, if you give it your full attention, you'll see that uh, there's just a lot of different things going on. So um, you can handle one of those sensations at a time. You know, when you think of all of them, it's kind of like looking at a, um, a pile of work, you know, you've got this huge pile of work, and you go, oh my God, that pile, you know, never get through it. But if you do it one page at a time, you eventually get through it. So it's the same thing, you know, you, you attend one little bit of the, the strong whatever it is at a time. So, um... So we're going to um, do a meditation in a moment. I just want to mention a, a couple of things uh, before we start. Um, you know, we're going to, um, you know, settle ourselves in the breath as we normally do, and, and then we're going to open up our field of attention to also include physical sensations. Um, and if they're compelling, they're dominant, we give them more attention. We make them the object of meditation. And, um, you know, and then when they're just not so compelling anymore, we come back to the breath. Um, but don't chase your physical sensations because we're doing a session mindfulness of the body. You know, don't go looking for them. Uh, so stay in the breath. The breath is the body, right? It's the sensations in the body. So that's where your center is. Uh, but only if something's compelling. It's really helpful to minimize movement. And um, so if you feel like you need to move, it's really helpful to not move right away. Uh, if you've got an itch and, and you really want to scratch it, wait. 
you can wait a little bit and see if you can be with it. Um, if you have a back pain, don't move right away. Just wait, wait a little bit at least and try to connect with it. And it's okay to move. I'm not, we're not uh, telling you not to. There are times when it's very skillful to move. But to do it after you've really connected with it. And when you move, to do it mindfully. That being mindful is much more important than not moving. So it's part of your meditation when you move. You notice every part of it, including the part of your mind that says, oh, I shouldn't be moving, you know, or, or the person next to me is hearing it, or, you know, just be aware of those kind of things, but, but really stay mindful. Um, again, try to have a curious, open attitude to what arises instead of uh, an idea of how your meditation should be. You know, I, um, I like to think of um, examining the body when things arise, uh, kind of like a scientist uh, examines a new species they've never seen before. Um, you don't have any preconceived ideas. It's like, it's not, yep, that old knee pain again. Yep, I know what that's like. But no, it's, it's new. Every sensation is new each time. And so try to really um, uh, be curious about it each time. Even though, even though it's visited you, it seems like it's visited you many, many times. Um, it's really, um, uh, you can be really fresh in the moment that way. That's how we are mindful of the body, by really, uh, this is new. It's a new experience. Um, <coughs> so go ahead and um, find a really comfortable position. Close your eyes. Keep your spine erect. And always feel free to just take a moment to really, you know, find your seat. You know, make little small adjustments if you need them. And take a few deep breaths. And with each exhale, just relaxing a little bit more. And letting the breath return to normal. Gradually scan your body from top to bottom, just briefly you know, relaxing what you can relax. Your face, your head. If something doesn't relax, just soften around it. It's okay. It's the way it is. Relax your shoulders, your upper back, mid-back, low back, chest, 
the belly. Let the belly be soft. Your pelvis. <coughs> your arms and hands. Your legs and feet. Just let your mind move the attention throughout the body, kind of randomly, feeling different areas. We can place our awareness in different parts of the body. And just at the beginning, I want to, we'll do a little exercise of the attention. So bring your attention now to your right hand. Become aware of whatever sensations are there. In the palm of your hand, the back of your hand, the fingers. They might be subtle. It might be vibration. Notice what's there, tingling, warmth, pulsing, coolness, whatever's there. See if you can stay connected with it. Maybe notice where the hand contacts whatever it's resting on. Now shift your attention to the left hand. And again, feel the sensations there. The palm, back of the hand, fingers. If it's helpful, subvocalize a little note, like a whisper in the mind, that help you stay connected, but only if it's helpful. Vibration, warmth. And in that same way that you're aware of your hands, let your awareness settle in the part of the body where you feel your breath. and allow your attention to rest there now. This is your home base. Stay connected with the various sensations of breathing.
a traditional metaphor often used for meditation is thinking of ourselves as a mountain. Think of yourself as rooted and solid like a mountain. Here you are. The mind, the mind might wander away, but you can return and feel yourself here, rooted in this body, in the present. When thoughts come up, they're just like clouds floating by.
Being mindful of hearing is part of being mindful of the body. Just like we pay attention to other compelling physical sensations, we can do that with sounds. Now ring the bell, turn your attention to the sound, and listen to it with a receptive attitude. Try to listen to the vibrations of the sound until they completely disappear. When you're ready, open your eyes. But when you move, try to really stay connected. Be mindful of every movement you make. To rearrange or stretch or just shift a little bit. As we keep uh, repeating, mindfulness is an embodied practice. Hearing reflects the receptive aspect of mindfulness. The sound is what it is. We're not making it be anything different. It's just what it is. And that's the attitude towards her entire experience. Be receptive to what's happening at any given moment. 
the Buddha taught um, mindfulness practice, mindfulness meditation in four postures. Sitting, standing, walking, or lying down. And you're going to do a lot of that every day. And so those are all times to really stay aware of, of the continuity of your attention as you shift from sitting here to walking meditation, to your work meditation, uh, to going to bed at night, or just resting. All the activities of a day, going to the restroom. A lot of different things happen there. So I want to end with a a uh, quote from the Buddha. Within this very fathom-long body, with its perceptions and inner sense, lies the world, the cause of the world, the cessation of the world, and the path that leads to the cessation of the world. So we have um, a few minutes for uh, any questions or comments. Yes. Um, cessation of the world we create. There's different ways of um, interpreting that. Um, so it's cessation of the. Um, um, that brings up a lot, a, a, a lot more than I want to say, but <laughs> um, the way I interpret it is um, the world that is right in front of us um, is very different than the world of thoughts and ideas about it. And so as we practice and we get free of it, um, we have what really is, what's really going on at any given moment instead of all these creations and formations we, we, we make. Another? Oh, over here. Yes. Um, you know the same thing about working with chronic pain, pain of illness, pain of um, disease, chemotherapy, whatever, pain um, There's a lot of different ways to work with chronic pain. Um, <coughs> primarily, I see it as one of uh, two directions. We either go into the pain or we f uh, so that we really get into the details of the pain um, and differentiate between our emotional reactions to the pain uh, and really um, disentangle the actual sensations from our emotions, from our reactions. Um, the other approach, which I found very useful, is um, you know, if that, doing that makes someone grim, because you're hanging out with the pain too much, it might not be useful at all. So it depends on the person, it depends on the time. Sometimes there's really, it really works well to do one thing, and other times it works well to do something else. But if you think about any given moment, 
there are millions of things going on, right? We could be focusing on that light up there, or we could be focusing on somebody's socks. There's a million things going on in the world around us. Um, and um, with chronic pain, what happens is the mind can get magnetized on the pain. So every free moment goes to the pain, to the pain, to the pain. But we've all experienced, like say, um, I think you've all experienced having a headache and somebody tells you something and maybe you find yourself laughing about something and then you're back to the headache. (laughs) Uh, But but obviously your mind was enjoying something else because it was paying attention to something else. And in that same way, when a mind in chronic pain has gotten magnetized to the pain so that's all they think about, um, it can be really helpful to really uh, focus on the 99% of the world of sensations that isn't the pain. And um, it requires some training of the mind of doing that purposely. And, um, you know, I've worked with guided meditations to do that, you know, where, um, you know, you, you, um, you know, you make, you, the pain is just one little part of a whole body field of a lot of other things that are going on. Does that work? There's a lot more to working with chronic pain. You know, I'm trying to say something that's relatively brief, but it's an art. Someone else? Time for one more question, if it's there. Yes. Yeah, for various reasons, uh, it, it, I, I found that to be true for some people, and it's totally fine, you know, to use uh, the body as the object. Yeah, mostly I just wanted you to mention that since there's a lot of new people. Great, yeah. great, like, thank you. That, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't hear you mention it. So yeah, and, and and part of the reason I don't mention it because I know that there's also what happens is a lot. Some beginners they uh, they struggle with it, but they get past it. And so, so I'm always a little bit torn about mentioning it. That's why, for, you know, until it comes up one-on-one. Sorry. No, no, that's okay. That, that's okay. We've all been sitting long enough to work with it. Um, but, but no, it's a, it's a great question. It really is. It's a great comment. And, and it does happen that sometimes people have, you know, some st- certain times, sometimes emotional trauma or uh, some physical illness. And, um, and it's helpful to go use a different object. So it's, it's really about, you know, mindfulness of the body. So it's okay to, to be where you are. So, um, so um, I have a few little announcements. Um, so um, tonight at uh, 6, uh, there'll be a service leader tea. Uh, in meeting room one uh, for the managers um, um, and uh, uh, the cooks, the three, um, uh, uh, Fiona, uh, Eileen, and uh, Judith. 
so uh, we'll see you at six. Um, and half of you have um, practice discussions today. And I want to alert everyone that there was a, um, that when we posted the pages, they had an error on the day. So I don't know who corrected it, but thank you. And um, so please check in case you signed up thinking it was a different day. So please check when your appointment is. Um, and um, we'll be meeting, um, uh, half of you will be meeting today, half of you tomorrow. And we'll be meeting in meeting room one which is um, uh, in the main community room. It's like right there, right next to the office. And some of you will be in room 100, which is right around the corner from there. So if you're walking out the dining room doors into the um, community room to your left. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's it. So the, the um, uh, practice discussions will be about uh, Gil said 12 and a half minutes. <laughs> so, um, so, so, uh, so you have enough time, we have time for people to come in and now take off their shoes. So, so see if you can be aware of just being a little bit timely so we don't get, be, you know, get behind. So, see you in a little bit. <laughs>